In business, you rarely hear the expression for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and, and there's, a, there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 weight loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 weight loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to Awaken180WeightLoss.com. Benny, you made this? What is going on, all of you handsome listeners? Welcome back to The Dagger, the podcast where we cover all things NBA and the top news in all of basketball, even in the offseason. That's right. Finals might be done, but we're still here. We're going to be dropping content continually until the start of the new season. Mm-hmm. Uploading might be a little bit sporadic. But we're going to have some fun stuff coming for you guys all off season. So don't go anywhere today. Well, I guess I should introduce ourselves first. I'm Taylor Call. <laughs> who, gives a, sure. who gives a shit about me? I'm joined by the boys. Dion Franklin, VJ Johnson. Say what's up to the people. What's up? What's up? Like, I just got announced as a starter. Like, uh, I know it. <laughs> <laughs> At six foot four. From Milwaukee, Wisconsin. BJ, the Duke Johnson. Yes, sir. The Duke. I like it. The Duke. Uh-huh. Right there. Uh-huh. I might just have to start calling you that. Anyway, today. <laughs> we need to find nicknames for ourselves. So I mean, we Duke. just found one. Yep. For BJ. The Duke. BJ, BJ the Duke now. <laughs> All right. Today. The finals just ended, and we already have the NBA draft. Best time of the year. Holy moly, that was fast. Yeah. We're going to be talking about our our pre-draft thoughts going into the draft, who we think the best prospects are. We're going to be talking about each of the top prospects. We're going to be talking about players we love, players we think are overrated, and some diamonds in the rough that people will be smart for picking after the lottery we're gonna be talking about all of that today we the first we got to give out some awards you guys already know how it works it might be the off season but people are still hooping and people are still hustling dion take it away with your hooper of the week uh correct correct that please because it's hoopers of the week for me Uh, and one the Tokyo <laughs> Olympics have started, and you know there is basketball in the Olympics. So I have two hoopers of the week from there, and one of them is Mr. Luca the Don Doncic. Opening game, forty-eight, eleven, and five. Come on now, he is a Dang. winner. It doesn't matter what competition he's in; he is going to give you buckets. 
Could like compare that to what Team USA's been doing? He is showing out. And I know he, he put up 48 against Argentina with Campazzo and Luis Scola. It's not the it's not the Argentina with Ginobili and Nocioni from back in the day, but 48 points in a Europe like not European in a FIBA basketball games is pretty intense. It's pretty insane. So he is my first Hooper of the Week. And second Hooper of the Week is the Italian basketball team. My boys got the dove against Germany. And <laughs> Simone Puntecchio, 20-point performance. That's my dog. So, you know, undefeated in the Olympics. Mm, big risotto. That's what they call me. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> those are my hoopers of the week oh, man. yeah luka Doncic making the olympics look like the wreck my oh, goodness <laughs> my goodness I have, I have a question though dion Talk to me. the theoretically if the u.s and italy met in the gold medal game who, who are you pulling for well that's not going to happen but <laughs> yeah, I know the U.S. isn't going to make it to the gold medal game. Uh, exactly. I would go for it. I will go for Italy. I always go for the underdog. You know, I'm born there, so what you want? So then go <laughs> back there. Wow, you kicking me out of the country? That's crazy. <laughs> um, hey, I get I get pretty I get pretty passionate during the Olympics. I get totally unnecessarily patriotic for no reason. <laughs> I saw my wife last night when we were watching swimming, like. I love Australia. Normally, when it comes time for the Olympics, I hate Australia. Yeah, yeah I don't like Australia. Either. Yeah, screw them. Patty Mills. <laughs> Patty Mills turns into Steph Curry for the after the closing ceremony. They can be our boys again, but during the Olympics, yeah. I hate them. <laughs> it feels like we're always competing with medals with those people from down under. <laughs> I love the Olympics. I love it. I love the Olympics too. BJ, who's your Hooper of the week? Hooper of the week, not to get back into too much finals talk that we've uh, been circulating in these past couple of weeks, but Mr. Bobby Portis, the people's champ. The people's um, We in Milwaukee, I don't know what our infatuation is with Bobby, but we have adopted him as our own. Crazy <laughs> eyes or no crazy eyes. We are fans of Bobby. It's so um, funny. He, yeah, we love him. Like, I don't know what it is, but this man was – he went from punching his own teammate in the face in Chicago <laughs> to being on the Knicks, going out in the gutter, to now coming off the bench, getting big minutes. And Bobby Portis, um, I don't know if he, we have enough money to keep him, but uh, that man just earned himself some money, too, to get paid. Similar to Reggie Jackson, proving himself that he still got some value. Mr. Bobby Crazy Eyes Portis, love to see it. Love to see yeah, that dude is wild. He is just fun to watch, man. It's, it's insane how like big he became for the Milwaukee in this one season. Maybe yeah. we just like chatting Bobby. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Like, oh, right? That's it. <laughs> Somebody started and now he caught on so like infectiously. And and Bobby's lucky he's on such a chill team, you know, with such low key personalities. If he was on the Nets and people were chanting Bobby, Kevin Durant would kick him off the team. Oh yeah, yeah. Get him out of here. Yeah, they don't chant for you. They chant for me. <laughs> I'm KD. I'm the star. You know who I am. I'm Kevin Durant. <laughs> uh, my Hooper of the Week, to be a little bit more serious, 
um, and to go outside of our sport a little bit is one Fernando Tatis Jr. for the San Diego Padres in the MLB. So the Padres were on the road the other day in Washington to play the Nationals. And um, so there was a shooting outside the stadium. There was like a bunch of shots that ring out. People didn't know what was happening. People thought it was inside the stadium. Super, you know, scary situation. And Fernando Tatis, what he decided to do, people don't know what's happening. All he, all that people know is that there were shots. Mm-hmm. They didn't know it was outside the stadium. But what Tatis did is he went up into the stands and grabbed a bunch of the kids of his teammates and brought them down into the dugout to make sure they were safe. And when reporters asked him about it later, all he said was that, you know, I got to make sure to look out for my family, which was actually the kids of his teammates and stuff so that was just super cool Yo, that's that's what sports year. all about right there he's he's a he's out for a hooper of the year for sure for sure for that's sure. that yeah. right there is what sports are all about oh yeah that's amazing so, that's, yeah that's amazing yeah so i i gotta give him mm-hmm. hooper of the week for that that's that's phenomenal good on you thanks all right, enough of being so serious. Let's get negative. Ooh, that was exhausting being so, so being good. so real for a sec. Ooh, <laughs> exhausted. All right, my good hustle award on the surface would seem like a Hooper of the Week award. My good hustle award goes to Evan Fournier. Evan, how the hell are the Celtics going to trade for you? And you do absolutely nothing for the Celtics. And you're just going to casually drop 28 points on Team USA. What the <laughs> hell, bro? Where was that the entire NBA season? I told y'all, like, he, people be sleeping on him. I'm telling you, he's really good. You can't drop, you know, 20 points with James Harden guarding you, but you can drop 28 on Team USA? Come on, bro. You're killing me with that. Jason Tatum was probably pissed. Like, what is going on right, right? now? supposed to be my dog. Like, what's happening? <laughs> Come on, bro. You'll play for France, but not the Celtics. Okay. All right. I see you. <laughs> Just because I'm salty. Evan Fournier, good hustle out there. Dion, who's hustling? All right. So, I got a couple Lakers as a good hustle for this one. <laughs> uh, Kyle Kuzma. University of Utah and KCP. Guys, the Lakers have offered Kuzma and KCP <laughs> to every single team in the league. And we yeah, had so no takers. <laughs> we had no takers. The Lakers front office was like, you get a player, you get a player, you get a player. And they Hard all pass. turned that shit. Hard pass. Everybody said, hell no. Nah. I was like, okay. Oh, That's man. how it is. Like, we're going to have to play with these kids one more year. But, man, good hustle for, to the Lakers overall because this was this was such a bad look. Like, you offered two <laughs> NBA players, NBA players that have been to the finals to every single team to 29 teams and you have no takers no takers not even for picks even the (laughs) thunder didn't want them even the thunder didn't want those picks even the rockets were like now we're doing (laughs) our roster is better without them tremendous hustle right there i I just had side note you remember when people were comparing jason tatum and kyle kuzma 
and trying to see which one was going to have a better career like three years ago. <laughs> How quickly think, the turntables yeah, turn. <laughs> most people have probably had their basketball cards revoked. Like they're no longer allowed to talk about basketball at any I, level. I don't know what happened. I'll admit Kyle Kuzma was like decent as a rookie, but he is so trash now. He is so bad. So bad. Hilariously bad. I didn't know they offered him to every team in the yeah, league, though. Every, That's hilarious. Every team, every, all 29 other teams, they're like, yeah, perhaps not, sir. We're cool. We're cool. So people, keep, people keep joking about Ben Simmons to the Shanghai Sharks, but Ben Simmons can still pass and play defense. Kyle Kuzma does nothing. Mm-hmm. He's going to be in China soon. Yeah, we're good on that. Yeah, hard, hard pass. He's, he's going to be in Europe in, a, in short yeah. order. Mm-hmm. That, that is tough mm-hmm. that that is tough vj who's hustling i uh I, I have two great 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 hustles this week um firstly we're gonna start with one uh, this might hurt taylor because this guy's a championship celtic mr kendrick perkins who offers on the regular some of the worst basketball takes there are out there mm-hmm. um and this week after the fi- last week after the finals, and Jalen Rose decided to call him out, tell him how he'd been ripping on Coach Bud all year, calling Chris Middleton Batman, then tried to flip it around and say, actually, well, super or Giannis is Superman then. And Jalen Rose just ripped him on live TV. And then Kendrick Perkins got in his feelings and started posting stuff about people want to see his downfall. So then Jalen Rose apologized to him because Kendrick Perkins just couldn't admit that he was wrong in the moment. So he had to do all this. But I just want to guess great hustle on his part, too, because he just didn't admit it that, okay, I got it wrong. Everyone's wrong once in a while. But instead, he made a whole nother drama of an ESPN beef between coworkers, again, which seems to be a common theme. That's my first good hustle. Second good hustle, and this guy is a repeated good hustle winner, someone you always love to see. Uh, easy money sniper Kevin Durant back at it again. <laughs> so as we have seen, this man will be upset about anything. So he took to Twitter to say how him and Bam were shooting around at Team USA practice. And oh, then... my God. <laughs> Apparently, Kevin Durant made it. And I guess the unwritten rule of basketball, which is pretty true, is if a guy makes it, you give him what we call a chain, so he keeps shooting. Well, Bam didn't do that. Bam started working on his handles and didn't give Katie the – so Katie stopped under the rim, looked at Bam for like two seconds and asked him, like, why didn't you give me the ball back then? He posted it on Twitter about how young Bam has to learn respect, like, you know – making a whole issue out of it. And then the two were going back and forth on Twitter about not getting the rebound back. But uh, it all started because Kevin Durant went back to Twitter to say how he should have got the ball back after making the shot. And this is why Team USA, we're doing great, guys. We exactly. are really I was about great. to say, and you wonder why we are losing. <laughs> we're doing great. We're doing great. Kevin Durant's pettiness knows no bounds. <laughs> no bounds. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Imagine being upset about that to post about it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Oh, like we were shooting around and then Dion like didn't even give me my layup when I ran to the basket. So then, you know, I didn't come home the next night. I just tweeted about it because I was upset. The thing is, like they weren't even like warming up or anything. They were just doing like a photo shoot. So, like, exactly. They were just shooting around. Yeah. He's upset ah. about it. I, I don't want to say anything, but KD has been in uh, – 
three good hustles. Just <laughs> he must have like six or seven on the year. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's got to be yeah, in the lead. He's gonna. He's definitely in the lead by far. But also to address your first point, I never liked Kendrick Perkins, even when he was with the Celtics. I never liked Kendrick Perkins. Fair. He was so slow and was supposed to be like such a good defender and stuff, and he wasn't. <laughs> that's what he says. He says that's the reason that they lost to the Lakers in 2010 is because he wasn't. Out well, there. there may be some merit to that. Like him, I, I do think the series might be a little bit different if he doesn't tear his ACL. That's a, that's a discussion for another day. Mm-hmm. Um, because Andrew Bynum played pretty well those past, those last two games, but yeah, I've never really been a Kendrick Perkins guy as an analyst. He makes his money by just being randomly passionate about random stuff. And it bugs me that he's so sensitive about it. Like all these tough guys who aren't, you know, can't take criticism. That's why we here on the dagger, we are responsible for our takes. We will admit when we are wrong, we will own that shit. Simple as that. We will bring it up when we're right and we'll admit when we're wrong. That's, that's what you can expect from us. All right. Let's talk about do we have to talk about it? Of course. <sighs> Guys, what the hell is going on with Team USA? <laughs> because the end of that France game was the most embarrassing thing I've ever seen in my life. That was so bad. Preach. Preach. Wide open shots, missed. A player on the ground for the other team. <sighs> Let's not forget that they were playing four and five shots. Wide open shots. Miss after miss after miss. Mm -hmm. No passion, no heart. Like, what what are we doing? I I generally do not know. I don't want to pick on him, but Kevin Durant, like, you want to be the guy, right? You want to be the guy. You want to be the show. You want to stand apart from everybody else. This is your team. You are by far the best player on this Team USA team. And you got it versus France. You got to give me more than 10 points on like what, four for 16? Like, bro, you got to give me more than that. Like, you want to, you know, do all this talking about your game and stuff. And you're this Team USA is falling apart because not only do we lose to France. We've played four total games so far, three exhibitions, one Olympic game. We've lost three of those games. Mm-hmm. We're an absolute disaster right now. And if I'm pop, I'm giving the bench guys more of a look. Drew Holiday should get more minutes. Jason Tatum, mm-hmm. Devin Booker should get more minutes. Like, if you're not showing any passion or any heart, you should sit. This team is by far still the most talented team in the field. Oh, for sure. And so if you don't want to play hard enough, then you should sit. The th- the thing that other teams have that Team USA doesn't is like that sense of like being an actual team. Like they all work together for towards some goal because they all want to beat Team USA. Exactly. Like they exactly. want, they have the like drive to go out and just go out to kill. You know, Team USA is like, oh, we got the talent, we got it. We we've done it in the past. You know, we won what a hundred games in a row at one point. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's a given that we're going to win. But people have to start realizing, like, the world is catching up to us, to the U.S. Like, I know they're not there by, by any means. But you have teams with six or seven players that are mm-hmm. NBA players, you know. 
France had Fournier, Batum, Gobert, and then you look at Australia, they have six players in the NBA. Nigeria has seven. Other countries have NBA players too now. So they need to get their shit together and at least try to come come together as a team, you know? It's just it's just weird that we've been losing so much with this team. Yeah, real quick before you gave your point, VJ. I totally agree with what you were saying about, you know, every team playing like they want to come for Team USA. But I feel like Team USA in the past has embraced that. Like, oh, come yeah, take for it. Sure, for sure. Yeah, Ready, come definitely. take it from us. Definitely. And this team just seems so passive and uninterested. And the mm-hmm. other thing I've seen is that, like, past Team USAs seemed like they were just having fun all the time. Yeah. You know, all the videos and stuff we'd see from outside of practice, they're just messing around, having a good time and stuff. Mm -hmm. And this team doesn't seem like they're having any fun at all. (laughs) No fun on the bench. No fun. Like, we we haven't seen them having any fun. Mm -hmm. Like, they're singing happy birthday to Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant looks like he wants to stab everybody. Like, Mm -hmm. there's some clear tension. Mm -hmm. It doesn't look like a squad at all. Definitely not. Yeah, like about the teams of the past, like I know, like to to what we're saying, like I feel like Team USA they show up expecting to win, like are we just gonna roll out of bed, throw some names on a piece of paper, and um, we're going we're gonna win no matter what. Whereas other countries, like I think other countries really take pride in the Olympics, like they they love representing their country. It means something to them. Whereas Team USA. You got a lot of guys who like decline to even show up and play. Didn't even want to come to training camp to play. So other countries are like, no, don't get me so. Keep going. Trust me, trust me. I I had a lot to say about this. Like I got other countries like they they embrace this. USA is like, oh, you know, if I can do it, I can. No worries. If I don't, I don't. It doesn't mean anything to me. I don't really care about the Olympic gold medals. The USA. But. To answer why do we suck, and I think this is a, a way bigger conversation, but I think it's the way the game is taught here versus how it's taught globally. Mm-hmm. Like, globally, they learn how to do every skill position in a team setting, like rebound, pass, shoot, defend. That's why you see so many of the top players in our game are literally from overseas. Jokic, Doncic, Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, and they all they all play more than one facet of the game. Whereas in America, you know, we learn isolation style basketball. We learn how to – you see all these workouts that people are doing. Like, they're just running through the motions, doing a lot of dribbling and just working on their shots. And I think that's a lot of it. Uh, we have, Team USA is a team full of individuals, like ball-dominant players, I think. That's the issue, whereas you see these other guys like – Australia has five hard-nosed guys. I'm like, okay, I don't really care about my role. They got Joel Ingles, and he was out there cooking us. Mm-hmm. Patty Mills was cooking us. These guys, like, they take pride in it, and they play as a team, whereas the Team USA just seems like a bunch of guys out there, like, running through the motions. And um, before I keep harping on them, my last point is the international game is so much more physical than it is here, mm-hmm. like, in the in the NBA, you can get a technical for just looking at a guy, or if you bump somebody, oh, that's a flagrant. Where over there, like y'all can wrestle them or tackle each other, and the ref will look at you like, "What do you want me to do about it?" So I think it's a lot. But Team USA is clearly struggling, and like Taylor said, like they don't look like they having any fun playing basketball or just being out there together. It's a team of prima donnas. That's all it is. This is all Wait. individual. 
led by Kevin Durant. The the prima the exterior prima donna and Kevin. <laughs> exactly, exactly. What, what you're saying, BJ, it, you're so right. It makes me so mad. Where is LeBron? Where's Steph? Mm-hmm. Where's James Harden? We're oh my god. We're Where's Chris Paul? Some, we're just go, keep going. Keep going. Go down the list. Where's we Paul are George? missing so many Where's guys. Jimmy we're Butler? Missing. Mm-hmm. Where's Carl Anthony Towns? Where the hell are these guys? Do you just not care? Like, yeah, they're hurt. Yeah. Okay. Like, no, you just want to rest. You're not hurt. Yeah. Steph has had three months off. LeBron's had two months off. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, LeBron has represented us extremely well in the past. I, I get that. But like, like you're saying with all these international players, they care about their country. And they really look forward to representing them. And our players are just like, well, you know, I'll have to see. Yeah, if I feel if I can't find anybody perfect, else. I guess I'll play. There, mm-hmm. There's no excuse. Drew Holiday and Devin Booker played in the NBA Finals on Tuesday and, and, and then got on a plane, like what, the next day to adjust mm-hmm. to like a 16-hour time yeah. difference? The day of the parade. Fans? Yeah. Like, come on, man. Where are these guys? We're missing most of our best guys. Mm-hmm. They just don't care. It takes a loss and for yeah. us to be embarrassed before half of these guys even care. Like, you mean to tell me JaVale McGee is out there? No offense to JaVale oh McGee. God. We got we got a shacked and a fool all-star MVP mm-hmm. as the only guy we could get. And then we got Keldon Johnson. Keldon Johnson? A second-year Spurs player. Come no coincidence. Coach That's Pops the best guard we could find, right? Like Javale McGee Young. is the best big left who will play. This is embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they teams know we don't care. That's why they attack us so hard. They're like these yeah. guys ain't going to play. They're not going to play hard. Mm-hmm. They don't care. You're you're telling me that a team with KD, Damian Lillard, and Jason Tatum, we lose any game in the Olympics? Are, are we serious right now? Like mm-hmm. 76 points. We we dropped 76 points on France. Besides Rudy Gobert, who was out there locking up or like who was out there holding us to 76 points? 76, That's like, all we could we have we have 76 nobody. points in the in a half. Like in the NBA Easy. games. They play harder in the all-star games than they do the Olympics. That's what I've seen. But like nobody they would just rather do that. 76 points. We were bricking wide open shot after wide open shot. It doesn't bother them though. It doesn't bother them that they dropped 76 points. Mm-hmm. Hopefully this one loss to France is enough to wake us up and we don't actually mm-hmm. have to lose the gold medal before we'll wake up. But I mean, I'm embarrassed for how they've played. I'm embarrassed for who's not there. I'm embarrassed for the attitude that the team's had so far. This is just embarrassing. Mm-hmm. And full props to the guys who are there, even if they're not playing that well. At least they showed up. Yeah, especially the at least they cared again. enough to play. Mm-hmm. The ultimate, you know, amount of ire for me goes to the guys who aren't even there, and they can say they've been injured during the season or say they need rest all they want, but. Michael Jordan won the finals and then went straight to the Olympics several times. Mm -hmm. I don't think he was beat up. Kobe Bryant was beat up every single season and still played for Team USA. I don't want to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Where where are Julius Randle and Trey Trey Young? Like, Like, 
Yeah, why wasn't Trey Young included? He wanted to play. Mm-hmm. I don't Z- get Zion? it. Zion? Zion? Yeah, where's Zion? 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 Oh, my God. They're young. These guys are young. Where the hell are these guys? We can go on for days and keep naming people. So either most of these guys didn't want to play and some did and weren't included for some inexplicable reason. Mm-hmm. Like if, if Trey Young wants to play, why isn't he there? I, I, this whole thing is a mystery. I, mm-hmm. I really hope we pull it out somehow, but part of me wish, hopes we lose. A a part of me call. hopes we lose really, really as a wake up call mm-hmm. that it'll take a public humiliation to a, because this team is still by far the most talented team in the field, even Easily. with all, even with all the players we're missing. But part of me hopes we lose. I'll be completely honest. That's where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. Part of me hopes Fair. we're not rewarded for bad behavior. That's Team USA for you. I can do is just shake my head. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to talk about Team USA anymore. Let's talk about this draft class. Beyond, what what do you think of this draft class overall? I, I don't think I've ever been this excited for a draft class after, like, the LeBron draft class. Ooh, you know? really? Ooh. Yeah. I am so excited. I'm, like, people don't realize how stacked this draft class is. Like, 1 to 10, I can see any of these players, like, go and be star- become stars. Mm-hmm. And we'll go. I know we'll go through them, but just my initial thought is I'm just excited. I'm excited for Thursday. I was about to say, like, I don't know if I'd take it that far, but I am really optimistic. I think there's a lot of talent in this draft and a lot of mm-hmm. potential star power. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because I think most of us realized, like, last year. And first mm-hmm. of all, congrats to us. This is now yeah. our second NBA draft on the dagger. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. We've come full circle. Mm-hmm. Two for two. Let's go, boys. Back, back to back. That's That's hype. Anyway enough of patting ourselves on the back um Hmm. i think we all kind of knew outside of anthony edwards james wiseman and Lamelo ball it didn't seem like there was a whole lot there last draft yeah and so yeah patrick williams patrick williams (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what the bulls are doing man like we like tyrese halliburton too but like other than that like meh yeah so disappointing everybody else slim pickings this draft is definitely different there's about forty-eight thousand guys who can score the ball in this draft yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's several bucket getters Mm -hmm. (laughs) several several bucket getters in this draft so this 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 draft has a lot of potential Mm-hmm. So, but I also remember when they were talking about Andrew Wiggins's draft class as one of the best fair. ever. So, you never know. But I'm optimistic. Uh, BJ, what do you think? Yeah, Dion just got me hyped up even more for this draft. Um, I think this is one of the most versatile drafts I've mm-hmm. seen in some time. Like when you look at all the analysis, you know, all these guys have. PG slash SG or SG next their name like no one plays I feel like a very definitive position anymore and I think that's a credit to these kids like learning the game a different way because some of them play like multiple positions some of them can play damn near all five um so I'm excited to see the versatility in these guys and the way that these people like 
can jump and move and like so these are guys these are there are some athletes in this draft class and I think some of them or most of them in my opinion are gonna make an impact like from day one so I'm I'm excited because I think there's a lot here especially in all the trade movement that might happen like who might get plugged in where there's some there's some really good talent in this draft that's why I I don't want to make definitive picks for like order and stuff because there's gonna be so many trades for like Mm-hmm. You know, Washington might get a couple picks. Golden State's trying to get rid of some. You mm-hmm. know, uh, another team, I thought, who, who was it? There was somebody that was trying to trade up or some. Houston is trying to move the pick. So it's kind of hard to see, like, where everybody's going to go. But we can definitely analyze the shit out of them because I'm really excited. Yeah, this draft class to me seems like it's it's definitely different in the way of this seems like a modern basketball draft class. This seems like the mm-hmm. first like group top to bottom that has been taught to play every position mm-hmm. to balance out their game and do multiple things well. This is your first crop with a lot of players who decided to forego college and play in the G League. Like there's a lot of different things about this class that kind of point to where basketball is at in the modern day and so this this class is definitely seems like a turning point in a lot of ways of this is what modern basketball is Mm -hmm. and so let's talk about that real quick you have quite a few players uh, most most notably Jalen Green and Jonathan Kuminga who decided to just skip college altogether and went to the G League Mm-hmm. to play while they were waiting to go to the NBA. Yeah. What do you guys think about the strategy of deciding to go to the G League instead of college? Do you think it's a good move? Do you think it's a bad move? Like, what, what do you think it does for them? Yeah, what do you think? I'll go first because I have quite a few thoughts on this because I love that move. You know, you go out, you can showcase your talents in front of NBA coaches and scouts right away and you are trained by NBA coaches, and you get paid, which mm-hmm. is not going to happen in NCAA, except for, like, now, from now on. So, and we look at, at this draft, at this board, and we see three players that played for the G League Ignite team, whatever that team called, is called. So we have three players that come from one team. What other school has that in here, you know? And these players, most of them, at least the, the Jalen Green and uh, – Kuminga are kind of like already NBA ready players and they're young. So I think the G League route is definitely, definitely a great route. I, I don't I don't know if I would want to say it's like already better than the NCAA, but it's getting there. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Yeah, I think it's it's one of the I think it's the best move to make, especially like if you're not a dude who's trying to sit there and go through the grind of a college season and you'd rather get kind of NBA level exposure right away this mm-hmm. makes all the sense in the world um and you, like you said you're getting paid so you're getting compensated so if anything does happen you have things in place mm-hmm. um I think more guys are starting to do it anyway mm-hmm. or they're signing professionally overseas versus having to go to college LaMelo took the route but um you see it's paying off too because these guys they're getting they're going against really good players they're going against all damn near professional players on a mm-hmm. nightly basis. And they're learning like the ropes of the league, how to interview, mm-hmm. um, how to conduct yourself. 
So I think it's, it's way, but it gets you way more draft ready than I think college could. Cause you only got a short time after college, you got to turn around prep and then get ready to go to combine. Whereas here you're doing combine level drills and professional level work right from the get go. Mm -hmm. And you're playing against NBA, but like you said, you're playing against like either former NBA players mm -hmm. or like two way players. Yeah. And like, you're not playing against same Bonaventure or. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Or no, those guys are looking for jobs. Those exactly. guys are competing for their money. Exactly. So. Exactly. You know, the level of the level of play is way higher. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the G League route is definitely different. Um, it definitely has advantages and disadvantages. Yeah. Uh, if you're one of the absolute top prospects like Jalen Green is, um, that can absolutely be the best route for you. You never know, like dealing with the politics of like a college team, you know, you can be... Mm -hmm you know, randomly benched or, you know, maybe you're ineligible or something. You don't have to worry about any of that with the G League. Mm -hmm. And like what you guys are saying, the talent level in the G League is better than college. Mm -hmm. All of the players in the G League, even though it's the G League, we're still stars in college. Mm -hmm. So it is much closer to the pro game in that way. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you get paid, you know, yeah. so there are definitely advantages. <laughs> So, like, for Jalen Green, that totally worked out. Uh, he totally got the chance to showcase his skills to reinforce that he is one of the best players in this draft. But for a guy like Jonathan Kuminga, you know, he started off in the G League extremely well, but then he really leveled out. And so I think he hurt his draft stock a little bit like that. Not, you know, it's definitely a viable option for some players, but not every 18-year-old is ready for pro-level competition. Sometimes it's better to play college ball and boost your confidence and be able to work on your game a little bit more than to go into the G League and have to play, you know, pro-level competition every day. But it's definitely interesting to see that players are choosing to do that. I kind of, I kind of felt like a few years ago that we weren't ever really going to see that, and now we're seeing it more yeah. and more. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's for, for sure for kind sure. of interesting. So let's talk about some of the top prospects then. Cade Cunningham. Cade Cunningham, Oklahoma State Cowboy. Mm -hmm. BJ, is 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 Cade Cunningham a sure thing? Uh yes and no for a couple reasons. I think that like anytime you get a big tall point guard, people think that's the, the shiny new toy, like a guy who can do pretty much things at every level. But um, what I saw at Oklahoma State, I didn't see enough consistency from him, I felt like. Like, sometimes I felt like he was he could impact the game and put his imprint on it. And other times I felt like he was going through the motions a little bit out there. But I think that um, at this level, though, he'll be a really good player. I don't see, like, transcendent all-star going to change your life kind of guy in him. I just see more of a nice guy, like a nice player that comes in and makes you competitive. But um, as far as I say the sure thing, no. I think there are actually a couple different guys who are more of sure things in this draft. But Kay Cunningham will not be a bad player by any means. Interesting. Dion, do you think Kay Cunningham's a sure thing? I think so, actually. I definitely think so because, you know, what he showed me in college is that he can handle the pressure too. So, in this man game, he can handle the ball, he can pass, he can shoot. I mean, he was the big, big 12 player of the year, you know. Uh, 
20 points a game, six rebounds, you know, he, he, he do it all. And he plays defense too because he, he averaged like, what, two steals a game? So, I mean, I can see what you're saying, V, uh, mm-hmm. definitely. Uh, it also depends on which situation he, he lands in. Uh, but I think he's going to be a superstar. I, gen- I generally think so. Uh, I love his size, his athleticism, and he's six eight, a six eight point guard. What is nothing to love about that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and we've seen that like taller point guards kind of work in this day, this day and age, you know. Except for Ben Simmons aside, but you know, mm-hmm. Luca's six eight, uh, LeBron is six eight. You know, there's taller these taller point guards are kind of like taking over, and uh, I'm loving him as the first pick. Yeah, I totally agree, Dion. I mean, we could, you know, argue about what sure thing actually means, but yeah, Cade kind of names the sure thing. Mm-hmm. He, and I get what, v, v, you know, VJ saying mm-hmm. about, you know, the consistency, but what I saw is he consistently got better as the year went on. And there's nothing that he can't do. Like Dion's saying, he has the ideal size to be a scoring guard in the league he can take it to the basket his shot is wet great court vision and passing decent defense and he has room to grow in all of those elements Mm -hmm. and so um detroit will be a challenging situation yeah Um, that that's why i think it's gonna be a struggle because yeah they just they just drafted a point guard last year and here they are doing the same thing again and they don't really have a plan, it seems. So his development could be stalled out. Mm-hmm. And not his fault at all, but mm-hmm. to a situation where he ends up in Detroit. Like, his development could stop, which could hurt him. Mm-hmm. No, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. But, I mean, we sat here and we said the same thing about Anthony Edwards. And, I mean, rightfully so. I mean, getting drafted by the Timberwolves is no picnic. Mm-hmm. But Anthony Edwards did just <laughs> fine, you know. After it, you know, halfway through the season, though. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 yeah it took a second. But, he, you know, he did fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but, in a way, I think it's almost a good thing to be kind of drafted to, like, a smaller market of, like, yeah, the Pistons are an absolute mess. But I think there's less pressure. There's no pressure next season to win. He just has to play well, you know. He has to play decently well for a rookie, and he, you know, mm-hmm. has met his potential make, his first year. We have to make a couple other moves in order to actually, like, win, you know. Yeah. Because Jeremy Grant and Cade Cunningham are not enough. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. But, yeah, I mean, when I look at Cade Cunningham, there's nothing he can't do, mm-hmm. and he still has a lot of room to grow pair that with a great NBA body and I think he's I think he's a slam dunk but so then let's talk about the presumed second pick then who is Jalen Green BJ what do you think of Jalen Green I'm actually a big Jalen Green fan um I like the way he plays and he plays like very NBA style basketball already we we're kind of just talking about a team USA um isolation style he can create at all three levels the mid-range game is there he can finish over the top at the basket he's elite athlete and he can shoot which always helps if you can plug in and play at all three spots um but I think he he really shined in the G League I think that was the route for him to go it made a lot of sense but this is one of the guys who I think really will be a sure thing just because um, if he does end up going to Houston and you pair him in the backcourt with Kevin Porter Jr., I really could see something sparking up there. But 
he's got an NBA game like already, and he's had it since high school. That's for sure. Yeah, and I, I love his path through the G League, as we said, and he's improved mm-hmm. so much. He's definitely by far uh, the most gifted scorer with the uh, in this draft, and he has a great size. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and he's improved the shooting a lot throughout the year. Uh, and yeah, like you said, couple them up with Kevin Porter Jr., um, Christian Wood, and John Wall. I mean, there could be like the rebuilding process in Houston might not be that long, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that's if they keep the pick and you know do all the right things. Uh, but yeah, Jalen Green. I was I was kind of debating which one should have went first pick between them two for a second, but then I you know. Kate Cunningham just I was watching a couple of his highlights and I was like I don't like Jalen Green I don't think he's going to be successful in the NBA and it's simply because he's going to be the second pick and for some reason being the second pick in the NBA draft is the absolute kiss of death you can have all the game in the world but if you're taking second overall it just means you're doomed except Kevin Durant except Kevin Durant no but in all (laughs) seriousness I agree with everything you guys are saying of Jalen Green is the best pure scorer in this draft. Um, He's got a long way to go before he's a true, like, two-way player in the NBA. But, I mean, the way he absolutely sliced up the G League is extremely encouraging. Uh, It's one thing to cut up the Big 12, um, which is, you know, some of the absolute best of college basketball. But to do it against other professionals is something else entirely. And so... I really like his game, his shooting, improving it. Offensively, he's the whole package. Mm-hmm. Like I said, somehow it'll come crashing down because he's the second pick. But, <laughs> <laughs> but in terms of him, I like him a lot, and I hope he goes third so that mm-hmm. he's not doomed. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Evan Mobley then. And... um I'll, I'll go first because I love Evan Mobley. I watched him at USC, and this guy is Chris Bosh 2.0. Like, his offensive game is just so nice. He is everything you want in a modern big man to be. He is an absolute bucket. High post, low post. I think he could really add a three-pointer to his game at some point. Kind of already, um, to be honest. Like, he kind of already has. I <laughs> won't be shooting that. Yeah, for sure. Um, right off the get-go in the NBA, but I think he could. And so he definitely has the frame to be a shot blocker. You know, he needs a little bit of improvement in that area. Um, but I, I love his game. Mm-hmm. For sure. He has a really high ceiling, I think. Mm-hmm. And the only thing, like, he needs to put on some weight. Yeah. He needs, he needs to hit the weight room. And, uh, I mean, he's sufficient, you know, 58% from the field you know, and then putting up almost double-doubles every game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the Cavs – the Cavs are the third, right? Mm-hmm. I think it, w- it would be a nice fit with the Cavs with those two uh, guards and mm-hmm. probably going to replace Kevin Love. Yeah, uh, Jared Allen. Probably going to buy him out at some point. So, I really love Evan Mobley. I was I was watching him during the NCAA tournament, and I was like, yes, this dude is mm-hmm. it. He is it. Uh, and he's seven feet tall, so – I got, and I love that comparison, TC. Chris Bosch. I love the Chris Bosch comparison. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. 
I like Evan Mobley a lot too. Actually, in my notes, I have him compared to like a Bosch potential Anthony Davis hybrid. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely see a lot of potential there. Um, I don't know why these draft experts in parentheses keep questioning his motor or they ask like how good does he want to be. But I think that, you know, he's young and he, he'll develop that in time anyway. But any anybody who's playing a two-way, like a two-way player, you you automatically know you got something there. And when he's efficient at it. But yeah, I definitely a Bosch Anthony Davis, like a very efficient rim protector. I think he's um he's clearly like ready for the next level and he will impact the game right away because he plays defense Mm -hmm. for sure yeah the top three guys in this draft are just an absolute bucket Mm -hmm. oh yeah i would not be surprised if any or all three average 20 points a game as a rookie Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. these guys are an absolute bucket for sure especially if they land in in these situations Yeah. yeah Yeah, and all three are likely to be in situations where they're not the primary option on offense, but mm-hmm. one of the top prime, you yeah. know, top options on offense. There are definitely shots up for grab, up for grabs in Detroit, Houston, and Cleveland. So, mm-hmm. so it would not surprise me if one or all three average twenty a game. Mm-hmm. These guys are absolute buckets. Um, for me, let's talk about Jalen Suggs. Jalen Suggs is one of the more intriguing prospects in this draft. Mm-hmm. Um, Dion, what do you think of Jalen Suggs as an NBA prospect? He is my favorite prospect in the whole draft. Really? Out, out, after Kate coming up. I love, I love Jalen Suggs. Like people don't understand how much I love. His core vision <laughs> and leadership is insane. He was a freshman in Gonzaga. He was amazing to me. Some of the plays that he put up during the tournament and during the season were out of this world. They were not college plays. And uh, the only thing he needs, he has to improve his shooting. But in Toronto, he will be the perfect replacement for Kyle Lowry. And uh, and he can also finish through contact. I was watching a couple of clips and I was like, oh my God, he can, okay. I was like, he already, he got, he already got a body on him. So um, he's my, he's, my favorite player in this draft after Katie Cunningham. And I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see him playing in the NBA. Yeah. I, I, I like Jalen Suggs a lot too. I think he got a lot of the intangibles that you need. I saw a lot of leadership at Gonzaga and uh, he plays with a lot of passion. He's his basketball mm-hmm. IQ is really high. His floor vision is there. Um, he could work on a jump shot. Um, he, he reminds me a little bit of a Jason Kidd kind of player. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he does try to play two ways as well, but I think Toronto too is um, the obvious. It's a that would be a great fit, especially if you keep Van Vliet and mm-hmm. you have um, Jalen Suggs back there. Yeah. My only question is the shooting, which I think he'll improve. But I just like his intangibles as a point guard too. And yeah. I think anytime you can get a a nice six four guard, um, you you always you can work with that, especially in today's game. Oh yeah. And I, I was looking at his game too. Like, off the pick and roll, he can find you anywhere. I saw mm-hmm. I, there was one play where he like had a screen by Timmy, and I don't know how he found him. I really don't. It was amazing. And you know, you put that with maybe Siakam or Bobby Boucher, whatever his name is. <laughs> like, I'm not saying they're gonna be like a, a playoff team that's gonna like mm-hmm. make waves, but. 
I think that's the perfect situation for him to start the career, his career. Yeah. I mean, I also really like the potential fit in Toronto, mm-hmm. but I'm pumping the brakes on Jalen Suggs just a little bit. I do really like Jalen Suggs. I agree with what you guys are saying with the intangibles, his ability to attack bigger players at the basket. I love but his jump shot is a little concerning. Uh, I would have liked to have seen a much more consistent jumper. Um, because, if you know, if he – a guard who can't shoot, a lot of times you can wall off and force him to shoot. Mm-hmm. And so if he's not able to hit a jumper consistently, um, I'm a little worried about his NBA future. Mm-hmm. And it's not like he That's can't good. shoot at all. He can still shoot. No, but, he can. He can. But, like – well, what I see is that he's going to get better as, with NBA coaches, you know. So I don't see – like, I have, like, so such high expectation for this kid that I really hope he can, like, develop a consistent job shot. You know? Yeah, I agree. I totally love Jalen Suggs as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just a little concerned – about the consistency yeah oh, that's fair. um yeah from college and especially if he goes somewhere other than toronto i'll be even more concerned because i i'll talk about this in a minute but i do love the fit in toronto mm-hmm. um i think that's you know a perfect landing spot for him mm-hmm. but if he ha- didn't have a consistent jumper in college the track record would say that his jumper will be even more inconsistent in the nba to start out with and so that's a little concerning for me, but I, I do love his leadership, his intangibles, his passion, mm-hmm. how hard he plays. Um, I do think he has a lot of potential as a defensive guard. You know, he can pick pockets. Um, he can really run the break. He has good court mm-hmm. vision. Um, yeah, and if his if his jumper does develop, I think he'll be a really, really good NBA guard. All right, let's talk about two of the more intriguing prospects in this draft. In my opinion, two of the higher ceiling, but bigger risk type prospects. The first one being Scotty Barnes. BJ, what are your thoughts on Scotty Barnes? We know that players out of Florida State don't always tend to work out because you drafted high. Yes, I'm talking about you, Patrick Williams. Um, There's also been others. I mean, Jonathan Isaac, you know, has struggled with his health in Orlando. Terrence Mann's pretty good. Terrence Mann is good. Yeah. Um, But he took a little while. Um, Mm -hmm. But what do we think about Scotty Barnes? Um, His name has been blowing up the past couple weeks, actually. And not going to lie, I kind of like him. I think he's got a lot of he's gonna I think he's got a lot of potential. Like I don't think he'll be ready right away if you're looking to plug him in. But what I can see though is a very versatile player, big, a big solid NBA body. Um defensively, I think he can really make noise. Uh, watch him at Florida State. Definitely seems like a dude who can get down in the stance and guard perimeter wings. But I think his game, depending on where he gets drafted to, like if he's in the right system. Like, everything will fall in suit. He reminds me a lot, and this is no disrespect, but he, he got some Draymond Green to him where he does a lot of different things very well. So, like, the Swiss Army knife. But uh, I'm pretty big on him, and his name has been going bananas the last couple of days. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody's saying that like, top five, top five, top five in the last couple of days. And the thing you said about depending on where he lands, and if he lands in the fifth spot, that is not a good, <laughs> that is not a good situation for him because Orlando does not really develop talent like that. However, Arbitory. it can still be a good spot for him because he stays in Florida where he has a fan base. Mm-hmm. You know, he could be a great piece for their rebuilding process. Um, I was listening to like a mock draft. I forgot which one it was, uh, but they were comparing him to Magic Johnson. And I was like, hold up. Stop. Oh, whoa. <laughs> like, hold up. Wait a minute. Something right. <laughs> I was like, okay, he's good, but he's not that. Whoa, stop. Stop. He would probably be like a better ego dollar, in my opinion. And uh, Johnson, and he's freak athlete, you know, and he can handle the ball better than Iguodala, and he just got to improve his shot. What? They said Magic Johnson. Yeah, Magic was, Johnson. Huh? No way. <laughs> I, was, I, um, I was like, stop! You have got to stop. Yeah, I mean, Scotty Barnes definitely has upside, but to me, he seems like the kind of player of his situation is going to be everything. If he's put in the right situation, I could see him flourishing in two to three years. Um, he definitely has the size and athleticism. Um, but if he is put in the wrong situation, I think it could really quickly lead to a lack of confidence and he could be a bust really quick. Mm-hmm. I think for him, the athleticism is there. But for those skills to develop, he really needs the right kind of system. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. But definitely an intriguing, uh, definitely an intriguing prospect. As is the next one mm-hmm. that we're going to talk about, which is Jonathan Kaminga. Mm-hmm. Dion, what do you think of Jonathan Kaminga? I I know like some people might think he's overrated or that he didn't have a good season, but I think he can be a great player. He just like you just got to put in that work. It'll take. It's not going to be uh, like plug and play he's already kind of nba ready because of the his experience in the g league but it'll take a minute for him to develop into like a star like superstar star status not superstar uh he's a big wing he's explosive and uh he has to improve his shooting otherwise he'll end up like pascal siakam like a couple oh. Minutes and bust. Oh, oh no <laughs> <laughs> he's yeah. a, oh no uh and um yeah, okay. See, oh, I mean, okay. See, has the picks to like, you know, they can take bigger risks because they have a thousand million picks. Uh, <laughs> so I feel like they could probably like go for JK. Yeah. Um, so there was a very interesting quote I heard years back about a guy is a year away from being a year away. I don't want to say that's what Kaminga is, but I think like he is very raw in some senses. I think college, what we're saying, I think college could have benefited him a lot more because I don't know if he was exactly Jalen Green, just like talent above everyone else. But like we keep saying with a lot of these dudes, where he falls to is kind of going to be the story for him because maybe if he does land at OKC, like they do develop young guys pretty well. So that would definitely work in his favor. But again, like he has the size, obviously, and he's got elite athleticism and that combo in the league is always going to get you um, some playing time and it'll, it'll, it'll serve him well. But my thing is he seems a little bit raw and I feel like college would have served him well. So he's another one of those kind of like high risk, high reward players where you're kind of rolling the dice on him. 
But um, he's he's intriguing too as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like him. I really like him. Yeah, he is intriguing. Um, I agree with you, VJ. I think he should be going into his second year of college ball right now. I think a sophomore season in college would be good for him. And um, I, to be honest, I think he made – I mean, it's easy to say in hindsight, but I think the G League wasn't the best fit for him, and he probably would have been better off in college. Um, but I have some concerns about Jonathan Kaminga. To me, he definitely has the frame, the size, the athleticism, like you guys are saying. But to me, he seems like he's trending in the wrong direction. I feel like so many of these – prospects if they start to lose ground a little bit it shakes their confidence and he didn't have the best year in the g league like he he wasn't bad i mean he was putting up 16 points against grown man so no he definitely wasn't a bum but like he started off really well in the g league and then leveled out a little bit Mm -hmm. and so it's hard for me to think that he's going to come into the nba with a lot of confidence. And to me, it seems like he's kind of trending in the wrong direction. So I have some big concerns. He could, he could end up working out. He definitely has the tools, but to me, it feels like, especially with this, like the last few draft classes, it feels like if a young player has their confidence shaken before they're drafted, it can really have long-term ramifications. And I think that's where Jonathan Kaminga is at. That's okay. I'm not going to lie. It's going to take time for him to develop. And that's why I think OKC is the best spot for him to go. That's why he's mm-hmm. six. My biggest note on him was just it will take time. Yeah, that's fair. All right. So those are a lot of the top guys based on, you know, the mock drafts that people have been putting out. Now let's talk about some players that we, for the most part, haven't talked about yet. Let's talk about some players that we love. Here are like the players that each of us are picking to make some noise out of this draft. Um, I'll go first. And a player I love is James Booknight out of UConn. I love James Booknight. He absolutely lit it up at his pro day. He had a great combine. Um, Absolute bucket in college. Um, I love James Booknight a lot. He actually absolutely scorched Marquette. Um, I remember that game. (laughs) I just think James Booknight, I can see why he's a little bit towards the bottom of the top 10 right now. Um, He doesn't have as much of the raw athleticism or potential upside as some of these other younger guys, but he was an absolute bucket in college. And I think he is more NBA ready than a lot of these younger guys. Mm-hmm. I think he is ready to step in and contribute day one. He might be the best pure shooter in this draft. Yeah. Behind uh, Kisper. Kisper yeah. is a better shooter. Yeah, I'll get to Kispert in a second. But um, I, it, it, he, he seems to me like a perfect fit for today's yeah. NBA. Very Jordan clarkson us. He reminds me of Jordan mm-hmm. Clarkson a lot. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I really like him. Um, I was looking at uh, where he could possibly land, and if he lands at seven right after Kuminga, that would be Golden State. I don't know if they want to trade the pick or what, but Golden State would pretty would be pretty pretty good fit for him because he yeah. will basically develop his jump shot, his uh, three point shot, learning from the best, and he could play. He plays great off ball, so that's perfect for the curve system. You know, playing off. Yeah. 
And yeah, and the Warriors need someone to contribute right away. They don't need any more projects. And so I think that'd be a great pick for the Warriors. VJ, who's a player that you love in this draft? Um, I got two. I'll be quick with it, though. Man, Davion Mitchell from Baylor. Oh. I think dude is an absolute yep. stud. I love, uh, the way he was killing Gonzaga in the championship game. Um, oh. Yeah, and he, he got a solid, like, not not even been funny, like Donovan Mitchell frame. He's got the 6'3", very strong guard. Um, and he could really shoot it, which serves his case really well. And then uh, the second guy, I don't know why I love him so much, but Sharif Cooper uh, yeah. at the point, at that point ah. guard position. He, yeah, heart. yeah. He is nice. I think um, – I think I heard he grew, I think, another inch or two during this whole process since he left Auburn. But um, I've, I've been watching him since he was in high school. Very solid point guard. Uh, he can shoot it. He can finish. And he's just very savvy and uh, great footwork too. But those are two guys, like, I really, really love in this draft. Mm-hmm. Who you got? Yeah, I got – I had Sharif Cooper too. You know, scrappy, kind of a little bit undersized, but mm-hmm. – uh, if he improves his jump shot, I don't see why now he can't make a splash in the NBA. You know, he was averaging, what, 20 and 8 in college. Uh, and if he falls, like, in the second half of the first round, I don't see why New like York, you know, you know, mm-hmm. you know. He can play under pressure because he was a high school star, so everybody was at his games and everything. So he could definitely handle the big city. Uh, and he could learn from D. Rose. So, Ooh. you know, I, I love him. I love Moses Moody. From Arkansas, combo uh, mm-hmm. guard, mid-range game, amazing, um, and they have him in the top ten. So I would like to see him in Sacramento, because um, you know replacing Buddy Hield as a guard, there will be a nice transition. Uh, I don't know how he would handle uh, how Walton would handle him because he's not really great at developing players, but he he played under Musselman, so you know. He already played under uh, NBA coach and was running like NBA plays kind of, so he can kind of like fit in pretty good there. Uh, and one other player that I love, absolutely love, other than Cade Cunningham and Jalen Suggs, is uh, Joe Weisskamp from Weisskamp, however you want to say. Yeah, Iowa. yeah, why, yeah. Crazy Iowa. shooter, crazy shooter. I mm. would really want to see how because like he's a shooter and he can like kind of drive a little bit, so. You know, I kind of want to see how he how he progress, and he's definitely going to be a second round pick. I don't doubt that. Uh, if that, if I might go out draft it, but you know, I really like the way he plays. So those are my interesting. <clears throat> um, I don't know what my fascination with the number three pick is, because um, <laughs> last year I was totally vibing with Lamelo Ball going into the draft. I mean, I think most people were at number three. But I'm telling you guys right now, Evan Mobley is going to be a star. Mm-hmm. He is so skilled as a big. Like he, His moves are already ready for the NBA. I think this kid is going to be an absolute stud. I think his defensive game is going to improve. He is still really young. He could still continue to grow physically like his game is already nice like i love evan mobley <laughs> oh yeah i think i think he has all-star type potential i watched a couple uh, games and i was in love I really yeah he 
he, it'll be a little bit of an adjustment to the NBA game, but his, he's so skilled that I think um, his, his game will transition really nicely. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's talk about some players that we think might be a little overrated. Let's go. This so I already mentioned a little bit earlier. Um, I kind of hinted at mine. But I think Scotty Barnes and Jonathan Kaminga, to me, are both overrated. Um, I just think in today's NBA, everybody's looking for the next Giannis, the next, you know, physical freak whose game and body develops and just becomes a star. And I just don't think it's that easy. Mm -hmm. Uh, People just assume that if you get the right frame, that the – character and the game will be there to match it and i mean that's no slander to kaminga or barnes you know i don't know them super well um but it just seems like in every draft in the top seven or eight there's at least a couple of guys tall guys freak athletes whose game just doesn't develop and teams keep taking these huge risks on these guys and it feels like nine times out of ten it doesn't work and to me, it feels like both Kaminga and Scotty Barnes kind of fit that mold for me. Could be wrong, but overrated, but they're definitely raw. But I don't think they're overrated. I think they're gonna. I I, I have a feeling they're both gonna pan out. For me, overrated. And we already had a little segment on this throughout the, in the in the season, and that is Jalen motherfucking Johnson. <laughs> I, I don't understand how he's still first round, but, you know, if he falls to OKC at 18, I, I guess he's a big risk. Uh, he was a great he was a great high school player. I'm not going to lie, but he was a busting college. They were actually losing games because of him. Like he, And he threw a little fit after his minutes uh, got cut, and then he just decided to quit on the team just halfway through the season. And as soon as he left, they won three straight. So that tells a lot. Um, his attitude wasn't there. Uh, he didn't really develop anything, and he still can't shoot. They were saying, oh, he shoots 40%. Okay, he shot 15 threes the whole season, so oh, that's not impressive at all. Um, he could have been a top five if he would have played throughout the whole season or played better, at least when he played. He, ha- he has great size, I'm not going to lie. He has the athleticism, but if he doesn't get what he wants – I feel like he's probably not going to turn out. Uh, another player I have, I have a couple others, actually. Isaiah Jackson, I don't understand why he's in the lottery right now. I really don't get it. Uh, Kentucky yeah. player, big man. Um, and then Franz Wagner. Oh, my God. He is hmm. probably the most overrated player in this draft. Uh, they have him in the top 10. I don't even have him in my top 20, actually. Um He's soft, and he needs to hit the weight room. Um, Damn. Yeah. That's how you really feel. No, 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 for real, though. Like, I really really think he's overrated. I don't see him penning out. But those are my three overrated for this draft. And maybe the Australian dude, too. But I don't know enough about him to say anything. Yeah, kind of going on that same thing, Jalen Johnson, to me, uh, seems kind of overrated. I think that 
you know, he couldn't show it in college and he had to ultimately leave, like there's something there missing from his game. Obviously, he didn't shoot the three very well. He wasn't a great defender at Duke either, but he got a lot of hype on being this uh, versatile big wing. But I didn't really see it in college, honestly. Of course, he had highlight plays, but every 6-8 athlete kind of has one or two highlight plays in college. Um, another guy who I thought was overrated was somebody from the G League team we haven't really talked about, Isaiah Todd, uh, 6'10", center on their team. I didn't really see much from him, nor do I see much as in like a transcendent special enough guy to skip college um, at that level. But, yeah, those are two guys who I think um, – are not going to be what we th- or what people think they are. Like, I think it's going to take not even time, but a couple, you know, suits in the G League to really get it together before they even make impact in the league. Definitely. Definitely for Todd. No, what he, oh, the only thing he got going on for him is the finesse. And that's not mm-hmm. <laughs> We'll have to see. Yeah, for sure. All right. Let's talk about some potential team fits that we like. Mm-hmm. What's a good matchup for a prospect in a team? Dion, give me some of your best fits you see in this draft. Uh, I already gave you. I already gave you the Sharif Cooper one in New York, but and we already talked about Jalen Suggs in Toronto. I think Corey Kisper or Kisper, however you want to say his name, uh, in Charlotte would be really nice playing alongside Lamelo. He's a great shooter and he can spot up, so Lamelo will find you and. He just got heart, and I love the way he plays. Uh, Cade or Jalen in Houston would be a really good fit. Uh, we'll just see which one ends up going there. Uh, Davion Mitchell in uh, New Orleans, I would love to see because he can shoot and he can shoot the ball, um, and he's and he's tough. You know, playing along Zion, uh, you're gonna have a really tough duo over there. So I feel like if he can if he can develop alongside him. I feel like that would be a really, really great fit. And then Cam Thomas to Memphis, I would really like to see. He's just like a kind of Lou Williams kind of player, like a microwave, and they need mm-hmm. to get off the bench. And I feel like Cam Thomas at 17 would be really, really good. Those are my picks for now. Yeah. I like all of those a lot. Very solid. Um, yeah. I guess – what I well, we kind of mentioned them all for me too. I just think that Jalen Suggs in Toronto just makes a ton of sense, especially when you're looking to move on from an older Kyle Lowry. Like, why not start fresh with a young dude who you can kind of develop with? And I feel like Nick Nurse and that whole like coaching staff is really good with young guys. Um, secondly, though, and I think this is not obvious, but the more I think about it, Kay Cunningham to Detroit as a, a tall point guard that would give them the ability to have one of the biggest lineups in the game, especially when you think about Sadiq Bay, who's still there. Then you have – not Sadiq Bay. Is that his name? Yeah, that's his name. Villanova. Okay, okay. And then Isaiah Stewart, like who – they're both young guys. Jeremy Grant still there, about six nine. Like, if that were to happen, I could see Detroit maybe turn it around, especially with Dwayne Casey. Not that they're going to make the playoffs, but they could start to kind of build um, some kind of framework down there. But – uh, Boke Knight to Golden State yes, makes a lot of sense to me because you see like Golden State needs guys off the bench right now as they're getting back to form with their uh, their core guys with Clay and Steph in there. 
But yeah, him coming off the bench and uh, his draft video where he hit like damn near 30 straight threes, that just makes a lot of sense for Golden State, you know, Splash Brothers, all that. But those are my top three fits, all interested like guard spots. Mm-hmm. You know what's crazy? As you t- uh, as you were talking about Cade, as soon as you started mm-hmm. talking about him, I got a notification that says Pistons, Pistons not committed to Cade. Of course. Of course. What the? Of course. <laughs> Why not? That that's a smoke screen. They're taking Cade Cunningham. Um, my my best fits. I totally echo Jalen Suggs to Toronto. That just makes way too much sense for everybody. I love what you said about Nick Nurse, VJ. That he will be great for a young point guard. Getting to play alongside Fred VanVleet will be good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it just makes a lot of sense. And then the the second one I had was actually not James Booknight to the Warriors. I'd actually like to see the Warriors get Davion Mitchell. Oh, yeah, even uh, better. Yeah. yeah. Even better. Davion like Mitchell is a great two-way guard. He's definitely NBA-ready. Absolutely scorched the entire NCAA tournament field for Baylor. He just looks really NBA-ready, can really guard, and – also score like i think he'd be a great compliment to clay and steph up in golden yeah. state i like that pick actually i like that a lot actually all right let's talk about some diamonds in the rough who are some guys we like to make an impact outside of the lottery bj who do you who do you like past the lottery to make an impact um so this guy i think a lot of you forgot about him but uh luca garza I feel like if he really? gets into a no 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 yeah. if he gets into a good situation as a backup big, and he develops that three point a little bit that three point shot a little bit more, I could kind of see him having some kind of impact um, down the stretch. It won't be early by no means, but he's one guy who I think a little bit of time and a little bit of physicality against other bigs in the league, he'll be uh he'll be very useful in somebody's lineup. Um, another guy. Ayu DeSumo, uh, point guard from the U of I or Illinois, who uh, had a very good season for the Big Ten. Unfortunately, the, uh, Illinois just kind of ruined everybody's bracket, but still not upset about it. He um he's another I am. big guard. I'm still upset about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he's another big a big guard, six six, uh, very smart player, very patient player. But I think he could make a lot of noise. And then Josh Christopher out of USC. He reminds me a lot of like a Lou Will slash just a guy who come off the bench and get you points too. Um, but yeah, those are my three guys. I'm like, okay, I could see potential in there somewhere for them. Oh, I, I love I love those picks. Uh, I have a couple. I have a lot actually. Of <laughs> uh, as you know, I love this draft and it's gonna be deep. And I already mentioned a few, being Kispert, Wiscamp. Sharif Cooper. But then mm-hmm. I want to add Jericho Sims from Texas. Oh, yeah. Kind of Jared yeah. Allen-ish and Jackson A's because they apparently they just produce twins from there because they all look the same and play the same. Literally. Literally. Uh, <laughs> then I have Jeremiah Robson Earl from uh, Villanova. I like him a lot. Yeah, it's a good pick. And then I have Cam Thomas, as I mentioned earlier, from LSU. Uh, he was averaging 23 points a game, and it, he's just, like, literally, like, scores so fast. He's a microwave. Uh, and then I also have two other players 
that could potentially be really good uh, late round, late first round picks. And those are Zaire Williams from Stanford and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like Zaire a lot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He kind of fell off. I'm not really sure why he might not have like good workouts or something, but he used to be be a top 10 uh, draft pick for this year. Mm -hmm. Just kind of fell off. He's a little undersized, but he's really, really talented. And if he hits the weight room, he'll he'll be he'll be he'll be all right. Like a, a like a really talented wing. Yeah, um, I'm gonna piggyback on Corey Kispert. Mm-hmm. I love Kispert. In my opinion, best pure shooter in the draft. Just av- can his shot is just absolutely wet. Mm-hmm. And I think he's very mature. I think he's very smart. Mm-hmm. Yes, his game is limited in a lot of ways, but there's always room for a great shooter. Mm-hmm. Every you know championship contender is trying to find more shooting to make a championship run. Yep. And mm-hmm. Corey Kisper just smells Kyle Korver to me. JJ Redick. He just mm-hmm. seems like that next great, really yeah. good shooter. With, with slashing too, because he loves. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, and his usual for a shooter. Yeah, and his athleticism, it's far from elite, but it's not bad. He can attack the rim. He can finish pretty well. We'll see if that trans- how well that transitions to the NBA game, but he did get to the bucket at Gonzaga. He's not completely one-dimensional. Um, he plays hard on defense. I'm not an elite defender, but you know I think he'll be serviceable. Um, so I like him a lot. And that's like kind of cheating. He's like barely outside the lottery, but that's all right. I just hope he's not going to be uh, Aaron Nesmith from last year. Aaron Naismith started to play better towards the end of the year. He actually got some minutes towards the end of the year. He was all right. He was all right. <laughs> um, yeah, Aaron Naismith. We'll see what happens with him this year. Mm-hmm. His rookie year was kind of a mixed bag. But this, the second time in the rough I like is I like Aaron Henry out of Michigan State. Right now he's buried in the middle of the second round. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I like Aaron Henry. I liked what I saw from him at Michigan State. I think he defends well. I think he plays really hard. I think he has pretty good athleticism. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think he could be, you know, a nice bench guy somewhere in the league. Yeah. Like he's a little bit raw still. He does need a little bit of time to develop. But I think him being able to fly completely under the radar might help him. So I, I like his game. I'm so excited for this draft. I just can't. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Also, we forgot, to... we forgot about Jared Butler, but that's okay. Yeah, we did. Oh, yeah, from Baylor? He is lights out from the three. Yeah, he is good. Mm-hmm. I still can't believe Baylor handled Gonzaga the way they did. So they just they torched him. Manhandled. Months later, and I still can't believe it. <laughs> that was a beatdown. All right, if you guys are listening to this, we appreciate you guys. Make sure you watch the draft on Thursday. And reminder, real quick, to follow us on social media at the Dot Dagger Podcast. And we will catch you guys next time. Happy draft day. In business, you rarely hear the expression for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and, and there's, a, there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 Weight Loss. 
allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 weight loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to awaken180weightloss.com. 